Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Story time. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is one of the craziest yet creepiest experiences I had. So, I've been a pretty avid hiker and backpacker all my life. I live in North Carolina and often drive west toward the mountains to find places to explore. But on this particular adventure I just picked a random forest far enough from any major cities and towns that I could see the stars well enough without light pollution. It was a fairly uneventful day and I was setting up camp near a small creek for the night, had my fire going and was about to eat when I heart something coming toward me directly in front of me. I pulled out my 9mm I always bring just in case and waited. An older man walks into the firelight, he has a smile on his face and was wearing an old farmer's hat, red button-up shirt and jeans. He put his hands up saying he meant no harm and was just wondering who was out in the middle of nowhere. I was hesitant keeping my gun at the ready but relaxed a little. Me and the old guy start to have a pretty interesting conversation as he sits across from me. Eventually he told me his name was Louise but asked me to call him Lou. So me and Lou talk well into the night, sharing stories and laughing a lot of it was about his life and family who he said he doesn't see anymore seeing he lived out in the middle of nowhere. It was honestly one of the most enjoyable conversations I've had with another human being in my life. Maybe around 3 a.m. I tell him I'm going to go to sleep and he agrees but before I went in my tent he stopped me, having come up to me with his hand on my shoulder, and let me tell you his touch was cold as ice. What he said I've never forgotten, he said, thank you for this, 
It's so nice to be able to talk to someone after so long. I kind of smiled despite my skin crawling under his touch and told him he seemed like a good man and he should go see his family, that I'm sure they missed him as much as he did. He sort of sniffled and nodded and asked if it was alright if he slept out by the fire and I agreed, stupid I know. So I go to bed, and the next morning Lou was gone. I don't think much of it and pack my stuff and head in the direction he came from the night before, about 100 yards or so from where I was camped I found a decrepit cabin. My gut told me to go check it out so I slip inside and that's when I see something that changed my outlook on life and death. Sitting in an old rocking chair was some skeletal remains, bits of cloth that were cloth still sticking to it. It took a minute, but then I noticed the almost perfect old farmer's hat perched on the chair and the pieces of red cloth sticking to the remains. I sort of just walked out after that, I was numb, in shock I guess. Next thing I knew I was unlocking the door to my car and driving home. I don't know what I saw that night, but I can say I do believe in ghosts now though part of me wants to believe I helped him somehow. I've been back to that forest but I could never find that cabin again. Honestly I just hope wherever Lou is he is happy and with his family. I know this ended kind of sappy but I figured it pretty creepy enough to qualify. When I was in the Marine Corps, we had an exercise out in Arizona retrieving airdrop supplies. It was a way for the C-130 pilots to practice. I drove the lead Humvee and manned the radio. The only other vehicle was a truck with a boom to recover the pallets. We'd drive probably 45 minutes outside of Yuma down the interstate to Dateland, then drive another 20-30 minutes down a dirt road to the middle of nowhere in the desert. We'd then wait a few hours for the C-130s to show up, they'd make probably 10-15 passes, then finally would drop the supplies. This all took several hours, so it wasn't unusual that we'd end up retrieving the pallets in the dark, then driving back in total darkness in the middle of nowhere with no lights but our headlights for miles. Our last day doing this, we had finally loaded up the pallets and it was already dark as hell. If you're not aware, the headlights in military vehicles are pretty much electric candles, so you can't see shit. Well as we were driving back to Dateland, just kind of zoned out as our teeth rattled out of our head. Humvees don't ride very good on rutted roads, I suddenly catch a glimpse of several silhouettes of human bodies in my peripheral vision at the side of the road. They were gone just as fast as they had appeared, so it startled the shit out of me. I didn't know what was going on, but I kept driving anyways. Not five minutes later, I see silhouettes of people scattering in both directions just beyond the light of my headlights directly in front of me. I stop and don't see anything, so I keep going. What could this be? I was driving through northwestern Connecticut at around 12.15 this morning, just enjoying the quietness of the road. The night was dark, with only my headlights illuminating the path ahead. As I continued along the deserted road, something caught my attention in the distance. There, walking on the road, was a figure. It stood at an astonishing height of around 8 feet, towering over everything around it. My curiosity peaked, and I couldn't help but wonder who or what it could be. I decided to turn on my high beams to get a better look. As the bright light flooded the area, the figure came into focus. It was completely black, almost as if it absorbed the light around it. The size of this being was remarkable with a muscular and imposing build that sent shivers down my spine. It appeared to be humanoid in shape, but there was something unsettling about its presence. What happened next sent a chill down my spine. As soon as the figure noticed my high beams piercing through the darkness, it seemed to react. Its pace quickened, almost like a speed walk, as if it didn't want to be exposed to the light any longer. In a matter of seconds, it vanished into the nearby woods, blending seamlessly with the surrounding darkness. I was left stunned, my mind racing to comprehend what I had just witnessed. What was that creature? What was it doing out there on that desolate road in the dead of night? The questions swirled in my head, but I had no answers.
I'm from a small Midwestern town. Nothing like what I saw happens here, to my knowing, and is pretty much completely normal. This took place in fall of my 7th grade so around, 2016, 2017? Even though it was a few years ago I know that I saw something but I'm not 100% sure what I saw. By the way I'm telling this in first person simply because it's easier. Kylie my mom called up the stairs. I quickly went towards her voice as she began to explain. Your dad and I are heading out for the night. She clipped in a gold earring do you mind walking the dog before we leave I simply nodded in response. Clipping in the dog's leash as she continued talking about what they were doing that night. It was late November night and the sun had already set. By the time my mom finished talking and the dog was clipped in and ready to go. I closed the front door and immediately felt chills not only from the temperature but the atmosphere. Not one person was out. It not that late is it? I said to my dog with no response. I had made it half a street when my dog had stopped to sniff something on the ground. I looked out at the road ahead, nothing but houses and one stop sign. My brain immediately thought back to a dumb video my friend and I watched trying to scare ourselves in class. We're just like me someone walking looks up at a stop sign to see a woman staring back at them literally standing on the stop sign. Whom no one I say looking down from the bold red sign, I still couldn't shake a creepy feeling as I looked down the road. My heart stopped. I'll try my best to describe the horrifying sight I saw. Looking back at me was about an 8-9 feet tall shadowy figure. Something with two legs tall and skinny. Arms even longer reaching the ground but just as skinny. The body round, completed with a long skinny neck and no face. Once again I say no face. I was purely terrified. I pulled my dog to run but she was frozen. I yelled out to her, making it here then see me in the process. It began to follow us. In what I can only call a drunk on a tightrope walk. In response I ran with all my night. Cutting through my neighbor's backyard in the process, I slipped and fell all while running on the muddy grass. I turned around picking up my dog in one motion. It was even closer now. My head was pounding. As I ran with tears in my eyes. Turning around I fixed my grip on the dog and ran for my life. I opened my back door, throwing us inside. It's going to get me. I yell as my parents run to me, thank God they hadn't left yet. Truly believing I was almost kidnapped my dad ran outside. I sat for the next few minutes sobbing, trying to explain the events that just occurred to my mom. My Ada walked in through the back door and simply said there's no one. Ever since that day I've had terrible problems with anxiety and depression, to be fair it could have nothing to do with what I saw but I have to think a small part of it was from the pure terror I saw that day. My name is of no importance, for I am ACI operative, and anonymity is my shield. Today, I find myself compelled to share a true story, one that defies explanation and haunts my thoughts to this day. And so, I have chosen to submit my account to your YouTube channel, hoping to find solace in the collective disbelief of others. So, it all began when I was deployed to the war-torn African nation of Congo. My mission was clear, infiltrate a terrorist organization and gather vital intelligence regarding their plans for a possible chemical attack on a major city. The gravity of the task at hand weighed heavily upon my shoulders, and the stakes were as high as they could be. As an agent of the CIA, I had witnessed my fair share of atrocities and the horrors of war. Africa was something else. It was a place consumed by chaos and despair ravaged by years of conflict. Yet amidst the devastation, something else lurked, something far more inexplicable. One fateful night, while on patrol deep within the dense woods, a feeling of unease settled upon me. The darkness was impenetrable. Suddenly, as if emerging from the very shadows themselves, I saw it. A creature, resembling something akin to a yeti, stood before me. Its unkempt brown hair hung loosely, swaying in the slight breeze. Its eyes, a piercing yellow glow, 
fixated on me with an intensity that sent shivers down my spine. I watched in awe as it sniffed the air, its grotesque form devoid of a nose or mouth. It stood upright on two legs, a bipedal enigma that defied all logical explanation. Time stood still as I observed this inexplicable sight. But just as suddenly as it had appeared, the creature vanished into nearby woods. I was left standing there, heart pounding, and mind racing to comprehend the impossible. The rational part of me insisted it was a hallucination or a figment of my exhausted imagination, but deep down, I knew what I had witnessed was real. Seeking answers, I approached the locals the following day, inquiring about any known wildlife that matched the description of the creature I had seen. To my bewilderment, they shook their heads in confusion. They told me there were no such animals in those parts. No wild creatures with brown hair and glowing yellow eyes. It was as if the creature existed only within the boundaries of my perception. Now, as I sit here, sharing my account with Ayu, I am plagued by a maelstrom of questions. What was that creature? Was it a mere anomaly, a result of my mind playing tricks on me? Or was it something more, something that lurked in the depths of the unexplored, waiting to be discovered? My name is. Well, you can call me Officer Brian. I work for a mead-sized police department in the outskirts of New York City. Myself and my partner have come across what we assume was a gag way while on patrol one night after being called to a persisting issue with teenagers at an old abandoned warehouse right near the woods. The incident happened about three years ago now, so some of the details are foggy, but I remember for the most part exactly how it went. My partner and I arrived at the old warehouse to be greeted by a decent-sized group of rowdy teenagers. They were apparently having some party in there, but it was pretty clear that they got freaked out when we showed up. Everybody fled. My partner insisted that we go inside to check it out, which I thought was dumb because there was no way I was going on that place. Once we became aware of the situation, we also left. Not a minute after we got onto the main road did my partner get called to another call about an incident near a small farm outside of town. Before arriving, he told me that there had been a number of missing persons cases in all the nearby area. They were all adults. When we first arrived at the farmhouse, it was clear something really wrong had gone on there. The wife of the man who lived there was crying in the arms of a paramedic, and we were told by another officer there that she had discovered her husband's remains, his mangled corpse, in the barn when she opened it up to feed their pigs. I was disgusted and confused. I couldn't figure out how something so violent could happen with anybody. After getting escorted to the barn, I couldn't believe how wrong I was. The man who lived there was a pretty big guy in his mid-fifties, and the way he looked now made me wonder if he put up a fight at all. He was badly mangled. I won't get into the details other than his spine sticking out and his head twisted around. I had a difficult time getting a hold of myself while trying to talk to the wife of this man who was mutilated right there. After prying with some questions, she eventually revealed that her husband went to check out on some pigs earlier in the night but never came back. I wondered if he was taken or eaten by his pigs since they were acting very strange. I knew deep down, though, that this wasn't done from a pig. This was from something else. I asked her what made her go out there and she said it was because she heard snarling noises, and it sounded very out of place. Her husband had not come back either. She went on to say that she had heard these sounds before but never paid much attention to them, that she had been hearing them a few days prior to this going on. I took her inside, convincing her I was sure everything would be fine. Meanwhile, my partner stayed behind with the other officers and assessed the scene while also having a look around the area for anybody or anything that could have had a connection or cause to this incident. One thing that really bothered me was that none of the other officers seemed to be concerned with the noises that I had heard. They didn't think it was connected to the man's death, but I knew better than anybody how violent and strange this was. I couldn't shake off what his wife had said about hearing those noises. This was the only thing I needed to keep looking into this. No one believed me. 
They said I was too new and didn't really know what I was doing. I'm still extremely disturbed by this whole incident. If you have any information on what happened or think you might know, I would love to hear your opinion. This is what I saw back in 1998 to 1999. It happened in Ohio, on a warm summer evening. I was sitting on my friend's deck, enjoying the peaceful night. Little did I know that I was about to witness something that would forever etch itself into my memory. It was a bit past midnight when it all unfolded. I remember gazing up at the sky, admiring the vast expanse of twinkling stars above. Suddenly, a blue streak tore across the heavens, resembling a meteor but much closer, as if it were only 30 to 50 feet above me. It happened so quickly, leaving me in awe of the spectacle. But that was just the beginning. Only moments after the blue streak disappeared, I noticed something strange in the distance. Two figures emerged, standing taller than any human I had ever encountered. They seemed to materialize out of thin air, right before my eyes. My heart raced as I watched them, captivated by their presence. The figure in front turned its head, as if acknowledging my presence on the deck. It locked eyes with me for a brief moment, and I could feel a sense of curiosity emanating from it. Then, without warning, they both started to fade away, gradually becoming transparent as they walked away. The encounter lasted no more than 20 seconds, but it felt like an eternity. There was no possible explanation for what I had just witnessed. It couldn't have been a trick of the light or any ordinary phenomenon. These beings were undeniably real, walking upright and emitting a radiant white glow. As I sat there, stunned by what I had seen, I knew deep down that sharing this experience would be met with skepticism and disbelief. The sheer absurdity of the encounter made it difficult for me to discuss it with others. So, I kept it to myself, burying the memory deep within me. Over the years, I occasionally pondered the events of that fateful night. The blue streak, the enigmatic beings, and the inexplicable glow they emanated. I questioned their origin, their purpose, and whether there were others out there who had witnessed similar phenomena. But no matter how much time passed, the memory remained vivid and haunting. It became my secret, my personal encounter with the unexplained. And though I may never fully comprehend what I saw that night, I am forever changed by the undeniable reality of the extraordinary beings who crossed my path. To this day, I carry the weight of that encounter, knowing that sometimes the most extraordinary experiences are the ones we keep hidden, locked away in the depths of our hearts. I would like to share my story too, in case there is someone who has experienced something similar. I am female, 20 years old, and this experience happened some years ago maybe around 2017. Back then, I had absolutely nothing to do with religion or spirituality. So one summer night maybe around 3, I was sitting on the balcony of my house in Greece alone, when I suddenly saw a figure, like a man, but white and very bright, going up the road to my house. I froze and looked at it intensely, to understand what exactly I was seeing. I thought he was human, but he was so bright that I could not understand his features. The scariest thing of all was that while he was walking, he suddenly stopped, as if he realized that I saw him, and turned back to leave. Walking. Just before he turned and I lost sight of him. It disappeared and appeared on the other side of the field. I live in a field, so I have perfectly clear vision of the front side of my house when I sit on my balcony, under a tree. I stared at it. Until it completely disappeared after a few seconds. I'm absolutely sure it was not human for two reasons. Firstly, it was so bright that I could not see anything on it except its human shape and secondly, my dog, who was sleeping under the balcony, would have seen it from the first second it appeared in front of her. Please if you have a similar experience or an explanation let me know, because after so many years, I have not been able to explain it. Thank you. need help identifying, I think it was a werewolf. 
I'm from Brazil, and I've seen a lot of things in this short 21 years of my life, but one time I was doing a trail with a friend. We started very late like 22 p.m. and finished around 1 a.m. near a residential area with an old church and cow pastures. My friend needed to deliver to a woman he knew some pots and pans that she had borrowed so we could make food and sweets for the Feast of São João, a Catholic holiday. In the way back home we needed to walk a long dirt road, which was separated from the pastures by a fence and trees back to back. Start to end of the road, we carried flashlights but the night was very brigged due to the reed being very wide and open. Midway through the long road we started to hear some rumbling on the fence side behind the trees. I said that Probele was a dog and my friend believed. The sound become little by little closer the further we walked and my friend stated that was a very big dog. We kept walking until the noise was right behind our necks. With that ominous presence I took a piece of wood that we carried in case we were attacked by dogs and etc on the trails and asked my friend to shine the flashlight on the fence and that was when I see it. A big skinny figure standing up in his two hind legs, his arms were so long they touched the ground like a gorilla leaning back and hiding his true height, looking me in the eyes with his crooked spine. It looked like a terminal anorexic bull with a deformed face without horns. But with neck hair like a fake mane and moonlight gray skin and shine eyes. This one second looked like an eternity, Suddenly the light went out and when I looked my friend was running and shouting to me do the same. I ran like I never needed to run before. With that thing running beside me in the other side of the trees, when we reached the end of the road. When we reached the end of the road, we were graced by the statue of Our Lady Fatima standing still in his shrine, and the thing had vanished in the fields. I asked him if he had seen it and he said no and that he ran in fear. For so long I thought it was a werewolf but it was so different from anything I have ever heard of. And I truly don't know that was but still visits me in my dreams lurking in the corners of my eyes. It was on a hot summer night that I was out in the dark woods with my neighbor, whom I'm pretty close with. He was like extended family, honestly. The fact that I didn't even know we were going until that night when I was sitting at home in front of my laptop playing video games. My neighbor came over to see me, and he asked me if I wanted to go camping with him and his family. It had been a while since we last did anything together, so of course, I said yes. It would have just given us an excuse not to go to school for a couple of days. This was in September, so school had just started back up, and the coldness of fall had not yet come, so it was perfect. The next day, his family and I gathered our camping gear. We're driving down a dark road with tall trees on the other side of it. It was getting dark quickly, so we had to turn the lights on, and unfortunately, which means we would have had to set up in the dark. So we're driving for about an hour or two but it felt like it took forever. My friend's dad turned left at an unmarked intersection where there wasn't even a sign saying that this was the right turn off the road. The road got bumpy and rocky as he drove over this very raw unpaved road. That's when we came across a large clearing because all I could see around was trees and darkness. We stopped at this makeshift campground. I say that because there was no clear indicated spot to set up a tent, a spigot, a bathroom, or anything. This was truly camping just down the middle of nowhere. Perfect. Now, I need to say that it was pitch blackout, and it had gotten really cold now that the sun had set. We were also higher up in elevation, so we got everything set up quickly and decided we would huddle up in the tent together that my friend's father had set up for us. But I just had this feeling lingering within me that we weren't alone. Now, my brain was playing tricks on me. So I decided to step out and get some fresh air. It was eerily quiet until I heard this screaming noise. My heart began pounding fast as if it knew what was coming. Then we heard a wrestling noise in the bushes, more screaming from the woods. I was so scared that my friend told me to come back into the tent now. Not only could we all hear the noises, but then as I got back in the tent and we shined our light, we could see something moving outside the tent. This shape, my friend's dad got a flashlight, 
shining it too at this object. That's when this thing began screaming and thrashing. Now, we're all yelling, freaking out because we can see the shape of this thing more. It looked like an animal, but all we could see was this large shape, and it was terrifying looking from the silhouette. It looked like an upright deformed reindeer or something, and it had long claws. It was were we being pranked? I wasn't even sure. It screamed again in our direction, and we just prayed for it to leave. It walked her in her tent, and we all kept her flashlights shining at it through the tent material, only revealing its silhouette. But one thing I noticed is it never came closer to the tent. It's like it was pissed that we set up camp here in its area. I get it, this probably sounds like some sort of amateur creepypasta, but tell it to my family, my friend's family, and me who have to deal with the memory of this thing. We stopped hearing it almost literally after we all pretty much urinated all over our sleeping bags out of terror. Surprisingly, none of us had any weapons on us. Somehow we all forgot. We got lucky that night, but who knows what would have happened if it were to come back and possibly check out our tent. Now, of course, my friend's dad regrets that he didn't bring any weapons. He forgot. He normally always carries a pistol. I went home the next day, and we didn't get any sleep that night. What was designed to be a civil day trip turned into a quick overnight terror. I've not been able to go camping since. I don't think I ever will, you know? And I'm also not sure what this thing was or where it came out of. I haven't really sat down to train research either. I don't really care. I just want to get rid of this memory. Something unsettling occurred the other night, leaving me both perplexed and disturbed. It was an incident involving my cherished chickens, and the aftermath defied all logical explanations. In recent weeks, there had been reports of raccoons and foxes roaming the area, making their presence known. However, no other creatures were known to inhabit this vicinity, making this particular occurrence all the more perplexing. As the evening shadows deepened, a sense of unease compelled me to investigate my chicken coop. I braced myself for a sight that would shake me to my core. What I discovered was beyond my worst fears. The once sturdy fence, which had always stood strong, was now bent in half as if some tremendous force had mercilessly twisted it. And that was just the beginning. Upon closer inspection, I realized that the top of another fence, a wire mesh ceiling, had been torn apart with an alarming precision. It was as if no ordinary animal could accomplish such a feat. This was a large gap, far too extensive for mere claws or paws to create. The sheer enormity of the destruction left me with a sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach. It was as if something malevolent and supernaturally powerful had paid a visit to my beloved chickens. With trepidation, I began examining the lifeless bodies of my feathered companions, searching for any clues that might shed light on what had transpired. Yet, to my astonishment, there were no telltale signs of an animal attack. No traces of blood, no discernible teeth marks, no visible scratch wounds. It was as if their lives had been taken with a chilling efficiency, leaving no visible evidence of the culprit. Adding to the eerie nature of the ordeal, there were no footprints or any other tangible traces of the intruder. It was as if this vampiric entity had come and gone in complete silence, leaving behind only a trail of bewilderment and fear. Throughout that restless night, I pondered the enigma that had unfolded before me. How could such an event occur without any tangible explanation? Why were my chickens targeted with such precision and inexplicable absence of bloodshed? I sought solace in the presence of my faithful canine companion, hoping to find reassurance or some indication that he, too, had sensed the malevolence that had beset our homestead. Yet, even my dog, known for his keen senses, had remained oblivious to the presence of any intruder. It was as if the nocturnal visitor had managed to evade all detection, leaving us in a state of confounding perplexity. Days have passed since that harrowing night, but the questions persist. The memory of the inexplicable events lingers, casting a shadow of unease over my once peaceful abode. I am left with a deepening sense of vulnerability, 
knowing that there are forces at work beyond our comprehension. In this world, mysteries abound, and sometimes, the most unsettling occurrences defy all attempts at rational explanation. The encounter with this unknown entity has left me confuzzled, struggling to reckon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Reconcile the reality of what transpired with the limits of my understanding. Perhaps, in time, the answers will reveal themselves shedding light on the inexplicable and quelling the lingering unease that permeates my soul. So I'm not one for believing too much of cryptid lore, never had an encounter before or anything like that, but my partner and I live on the border of upstate New York, not far from the Whitehall Bigfoot area. One night partner was taking out the garbage and came back inside startled, I mean really shook up. They said they had seen a creature that looked like maybe a fox or coyote, but that it then stood up on its hind legs and so they booked it back inside. Fast forward about a month and I'm outside on my porch smoking a cigarette, enjoying the stars under a crystal clear sky. We have a small plot next to our house that has a tow behind landscaping trailer permanently parked on it about 20-ish feet away from the house. After a while of standing outside I get the sudden and intense feeling like something is watching me, just that primal feeling of danger. It should be noted that, like most people up here, I'm usually carrying a gun on me, coyotes and bears are fairly common up here. So I kind of do the four corners check of my surroundings. When I looked over to that trailer, I saw there was something the size of a large dog laying in the grass. Mind you, it's a clear night with a not quite full moon, and the grass was uncut long but not like a meadow, if I had to estimate I'd say 7 to 9 inches high, so I had a really good view of this thing. Now I know never to approach a random animal bedded down at night, so I just kind of watch it for a second. Even in the light of the moon, its outline and coat were pitch black, blacker than anything I've seen before, unnaturally contrasting against the ground it laid on. Then it looks up, it has piercing red eyes. I'm thinking oh what the f. And put my hand on my revolver, I ain't about to be coyote food. And then. It stood up. It stood up on its hind legs. The only way I can describe the legs of it is like that goat or human hybrid from the Narnia movie, but with the torso like a hybrid of man and canine. It was taller than me, and I'm 6 feet 1 it didn't even need to take a step. I flicked whatever was left of my cigarette and backed away to the door, locked and bolted it, and spent the rest of the night wondering what I just saw. Now I'll admit, I'm a religious man, but that thing didn't fit the description of any jinn I've heard of. It's to this day one of the few things in my life I cannot explain. We've installed security cameras since but now the lot is under construction and we haven't seen it since. I don't know what I saw that night, truly but I intend to find out one way or another. I want to go into the forest near the plot and look for signs. Does anyone have any advice on hunting this sort of cryptid? I'll update with any further happenings should they appear again. This was one of the freakiest experiences of my life. I was driving in the mountains with my friend. We were going back to our hotel, and it was late in the night. Pitch black for the most part, but we thought we would reach soon. We soon figured out that we were lost and I had a bad feeling about something. My friend spurred me to go on because we were pretty tired and cold, but I stopped the car and got off to figure out where we were. I step out, and just walk a bit around and notice that if I had just kept on driving for maybe two seconds longer, like my friend had told me to, we would have fallen to our deaths. 
The road ended not five meters from where I stood. My dad said he used to go work on a boat, fishing for whatever he could catch. And by boat I mean, a 20-foot boat would take a crew of around eight people off to the middle of nowhere, in a lake, and drop them off on a very small, one-person boat, kind of like a canoe size, and the small boat would be anchored in place. But he would get dropped off around nine at night, and they would pick them up around three in the morning. He said he did this for a month and actually enjoyed the loneliness out there. He would say that it would be pitch black some nights, and some nights, the sky was beautifully lit with stars. One night, it was pitch dark and kind of foggy. As he was just fishing as usual, when he could hear a strange noise behind him. It sounded like something trying to sneak up on him, on the water. He turns around, and the fog gets thicker, and can barely see a hint of light. He tries to see what it is, and he said it looked like a humanoid figure walking on water, towards my dad. By this time he is freaking out. He only has with him some food and water, a fishing rod with extra bait, and a mtitool. He said he stared at the humanoid object, for the next few minutes, as it walked towards him. When he first saw it, it was about 100 yards away. After a few minutes, it was around 35 feet away and he could tell it was a person walking towards him. He is freaking out, since he is in the middle of a lake, and there appears to be a person walking on water, towards my dad. He reals in the fishing pole and gets ready to use it as a weapon. The humanoid figure has a lamp with him and is holding it to the front, while walking towards my dad. As it gets near my dad, it speaks. It says my dad's name. My dad stays frozen as this figure is around 20 feet away from my dad. My dad asks who the figure is, and the man asks if he wants to go home. My dad then realizes it sounded like his friend. And as the person walks up to my dad, he can clearly see it as one of the persons that works with him. The man tells my father that the big boat broke down and that they are walking back to shore. And that he can just jump off the boat, they are but two feet deep of water. My dad laughs and jumps off the boat, and into the water. Leaves the boat there and decided to head back to the pickup zone. But he said that it was one of the scariest things that has ever happened to him. A couple months ago, I was doing my nightly routine at about 2 am. After I finished getting ready for bed, I took my dog out and when she came in I turned off all the lights in the house. I walked in the kitchen and over to the light and didn't see anything. As soon as I turned off my light, I saw something out of the corner of my eye. I turned and saw a tall, skinny, white humanoid creature thing sitting at the head of the dining room table. I ran with my dog and went to my room and the energy felt off for the rest of the night. There are also some more experiences that have happened when I was younger and more recently that are probably unrelated to this as well such as hearing voices talk when I was younger and weird sounds over my house. Last night I got a call from a military buddy that he was looking for a ride home from the bar and didn't want to spend $30 on an Uber ride. I said sure I was hung over myself and figured it would help to drive with the windows down and get some air. It was probably 12.30 am and I was driving around my neighborhood trying to take an alternate route that I hadn't taken before but knew about. Basically one that went through residential areas and stayed off of the bigger more populated routes. I didn't really want to fight traffic the entire way getting downtown. So as I'm driving everything was normal, I was listening to some random podcast about World War II. But then as I'm passing this one random house a couple streets down from mine. There's a kid standing in the front yard right on the edge of the road. To be honest this doesn't sound that weird, but looking back it was past midnight and this kid was maybe 10 to 11 years old. He had on a red shirt, tan shorts and sneakers with a blonde bowl cut. Totally normal looking kid. So as I'm coming up to this kid I get to a speed bump and had slowed down. So I was able to get a better look at him. He wasn't playing, he wasn't running around, no other kids were with him, 
He was just standing completely still and meeting my gaze as I'm going past. Like, the entire way down the street he doesn't stop staring. And after I had passed him I keep looking at my rear view mirror and he still doesn't stop looking. He doesn't cross the street or go back to playing around he just keeps standing there staring at my truck. On the drive back I told my friend after picking him up about the kid and he was interested. So I took him back through the same way where I saw the kid this time he wasn't there. Fast forward to when me and my friend get back to my place sitting in my living room, shooting the shit watching YouTube. And we hear this super fast, quiet knocking at the door, like so quiet my AC almost completely smothered the sound. It's like 1.30 am at this point and both my roommates are out of town for the long weekend. So I was kind of weary of answering the door. I peek out the window next to the front door and see no one there. Honestly this could have just been a tree limb hitting the roof near the front door but in that moment it was like I was having a heart attack thinking I'd see that kid there. Later when I was in bed just laying there I heard a few more random knocks in different places. My bedroom is right next to the front door and goes out onto the patio that the front door connects to. These knocks could have been at the front door or just in some random spot in the house. At this point I was so tired I really didn't really care to worry a be it and passed out. Waking up this morning thinking about it those knocks creeped me out a bit more. But just doing a walkthrough of my front patio. Nothing was out of the regular so there's not much else to go on. I know this really isn't the most bone chilling story but kinda goes to show how kids can be so creepy with zero effort. This happened when I was an infant. My father was driving me and him to meet up with my mother and older brother at our grandparents' house. It was some sort of family emergency, mild heart attack if I remember correctly. This was in the south where my father is from. He's heard all sorts of creepy stories and occurrences and loves to tell them. As he tells it, it was the middle of the night, he got a call about the family emergency and picked me up from the babysitter and left right away. There is a bridge that he's driven many times before in his youth. The type of bridge that's popular in horror movies, it crossed a wide river and was covered in fog so you couldn't see the other side. My father was in the military and made this drive many times to visit his parents, he says he's heard of strange happenings on the bridge but had never seen any. Well, this night, about halfway across the bridge he finds a truck with the hood open, and a man frantically waving for him to stop and getting into his line of travel. My father says he looked harmless enough, just a guy with a breakdown, but such an odd place for one. Dad just doesn't feel right about this situation. So he guns it and honks, pretty much letting the guy know to get out of the way or get hit. The man dived out of the way and my father sees three more men get out of the bed of the truck, slam the hood closed and start to turn around. My father served as military police for a long period and knew exactly what to expect. He drove as fast as he could to a turn off he remembered from his previous trips. This next part confuses me, but he claims it made sense. He believed he couldn't outrun our pursuers, so he pulled off at it the small dirt road he knew. He drove as far as the road allowed, which apparently was still in sight of the main paved road, and got out of the car with me and his service pistol. My mom loves the next part. He gave me my bottle and favorite stuffed animal and placed me in my car seat behind a tree, then he went to the opposite side of the small clearing and waited. I'm sure people will be confused, but he knew if they found the car, he would, hopefully, shoot first and end it quickly or draw them away from me. He says it only took a few moments before the truck, probably filled with crazy hillbillies, drove past and out of our lives. After waiting a little, he made his way back across the bridge to the next town and brought the local cops to the bridge. They said they had heard of missing people heading down that road, but had never found anything. Again they came up empty. Wish I knew if they ever got caught. Edit, not exactly secluded. But in the area where the film deliverance is supposed to have happened. So I count it.
About 10-12 years ago I remember going fishing with a friend around my family's property in rural South Dakota. I was 14 or 15 at the time and had my learner's permit, we can drive earlier in SD, so I took our small farm truck down to our creek with my friend. I grew up on a farm and the creek we let our cattle drink from was often full of fish. While fishing, a neighbor of mine drove by and said hi. We had some normal fishing small talk and he asked if we would like to try fishing his creek on his property. We hadn't had much luck so my friend and I said we would give it a shot. We followed him to his creek and he told us we could keep whatever we caught if we wanted. He noticed we also had a 17 hours MR rifle with us, we always have one in our truck in case we had predators around livestock and such. He mentioned he had some badgers digging holes around his stock. Damn and if we saw one he would be alright. If we got rid of it so his cattle didn't injure a leg walking to the water. We packed up our stuff and walked down the short dirt road to the creek. The creek was to the east of us and ran in the north or south direction. On the south side of the road, there was a hill, formed from dirt when the stock dam was dug out for his cattle. And the creek ran into the dam on the other side. We went to the mouth of the dam where the creek led in and fished for a while noticing it was eerily quiet. Normally there would be a lot of noise on a night like this. No wind in South Dakota means you will be nearing all sorts of bugs, frogs, etc. But there was absolutely nothing. We thought that was strange but fishes anyway. We were catching a lot of decent sized fish. My friend was planning to stay at my house for a couple days so we decided we would keep a few to fry up the next day for lunch. To do this, we needed our net and stronger to keep the fish. Since it was a short walk, we left our poles where they were, there were no fish big enough to pull them in, and walked back to the truck quick. On the way back, we heard some trashing on the opposite side of the hill mentioned earlier. This was odd because we were just on that side while fishing. When we reached the opposite end, we looked to see if a badger had been there like my neighbor mentioned. There was nothing, but we could see where something had knocked down some cattails and other straw type grass. What was weird was that way more seemed to be knocked down than what a badger could do and non had been knocked down while we were on the other side just minutes earlier. Either way, we continued back to get our net and stringer. This time on our way back, keep in mind the road from truck to fishing spot is probably 100 feet if that, we heard what sounded like a huge bird flapping around in the same spot as the thrashing. The only large birds we have in that area are vultures, hawks, eagles, and owls. I've seen and heard all of these birds up close before. This sounded much larger and the flapping was way more sporadic and quick than any of those birds move their wings. It was very eerie and we started to get a little scared. We decided to hustle back to where we were fishing to try and see what it was. When we got there however, again there was nothing. We looked at each other and mentioned how weird it was and joked that it freaked us out a little. Then we noticed something had moved out fishing poles. The two poles had swapped places. At first, I thought my head was playing tricks, until we saw our lawn chairs. This confirmed something switched the poles because they were sitting near the foot of the opposite chairs now. This really started freaking us out so we decided to start packing up and leave. As we were packing up, we started to hear a noise coming from the second dirt hill on the opposite side of the pond. Most ponds are dug such that there are two dirt hills on either side. There were cattails and reeds leading around the water to the other hill where the creek exited the stock dam. Now we could hear footsteps coming from the other side of the hill. We thought maybe it was my neighbor, but then we heard a combination of noises that scared the absolute hell from us. We heard the thrashing from before coupled with the flapping, and a new noise. This was like a growling or snarling noise which made no sense. I have heard coyotes, foxes, badgers, opossums, and all other manner of animal I grew up with growl or snarl at some point. This sounded like none. And the footsteps were large and heavy. Like a bipedal animal. Not soft and swift like a coyote. By now we were absolutely terrified. I grabbed the gun and we sprinted back to the truck. It was getting dark at this point. 
I told my friend to drive since I had the gun. We got in, he turned the headlights on and we could see the splashing coming from the stock dam from where the truck was parked. We wanted to try and get a better look at what was splashing around, but were too scared. My friend backed us into the road and we sped home with me clutching the gun the whole way. We never told anyone what happened and have only mentioned it to each other once to this day. Does anyone have any clue what it could have been? To this day I still get eerie when driving around the back roads near home. Edit. So someone has asked about my grandpa's UFO story so I will share that as well. It's nothing spectacular as far as UFOs go, but still interesting in my eyes. I was very, very young when this happened. My mother had been divorced for just a couple years, and had been working a lot. After she divorced, she moved us back home with my grandparents. She saved up some money and decided to take my siblings and I on a little family outing for a few days to the Black Hills of South Dakota. I want to say this was around the 4th of July but I am not going to say I know that for sure. While gone, my grandfather, grandmother deceased, and dog good girl but deceased, were sitting on our porch around 9 at night. Our deck on the house faced the west and they were looking outward. I would like to add that there was zero visual obstruction as they were facing a field with zero trees in sight. Our dog began barking and growling. It was not totally out of character, as she did this to predators that would venture close to the livestock or poultry. What was strange is my grandparents could not see anything around. As if from nowhere, they saw the UFO materialize almost instantaneously in the sky over our pasture. Our dog continued barking and my grandparents stood awestruck. My grandfather described the UFO as four large lights arranged in a vertical fashion with four smaller lights orbiting it in a figure-eight sort of pattern. He said it seemed relatively close to the ground, but it never made any noise and there was never any dust lifted from the ground from a propulsion source. This was before camera phones were popular and so my grandfather ran inside to get our camcorder. When he returned, it disappeared. My grandfather said that my grandmother saw it dart off into the night sky. My grandparents were completely flabbergasted by what happened. Having no idea, what they had just seen, the consulted books, our family actually had a very large assortment of books. To avail through that they turned to the internet. I can't imagine trying to research something like this I'm on dial-up in the late 90s, but nonetheless they found similar images with UFO headlines. My grandparents were very religious and never entertained the idea of something like this until they saw one, probably part of the reason my grandfather was so apprehensive about sharing with others. He would not believe it himself had he been told. After this, they were very open to the idea of the paranormal and still maintained their faith. They just accepted that there were things they could explain through their religion and accepted that. They actually would watch a lot of programs on TV about paranormal stuff which got me interested early on. I would also like to add, my grandfather is a very credible man. He served as a US Army Ranger in Vietnam and worked on a lot of covert operations. He was relatively high up towards the end of his active duty career. We have several photos of him in the Pentagon, some talking with who I believe was the Secretary of Defense at the time. Not 100% sure but I know was a high-ranking official. At this time, my grandfather was still actively working with the recruiting office at our local National Guard base. He had a very good idea of aircraft capabilities of most types of aircraft from when he served. All the way to the time he saw the UFO. He is seen, shot out of, and been shot at by all manner of aerial weaponry. Nothing he has seen had maneuvering capabilities like what he saw, or the ability to stay silent while maintaining low-level flight. And cause no ground disturbance from the propulsion system. He also claimed that had something been flying the craft, it would have to have been very small. A humanoid creature would have to be roughly the size of a child to adequately move in the craft. I've never seen a UFO and I guess I've never technically outright seen a humanoid being, but I have had a strange encounter that is unexplainable by conventional means and I believe my grandfather did as well, albeit a different type of encounter.
I live in a small wood cabin on a farm in the countryside of Catalonia, Spain. Usually shared with one other person, I had a few weeks alone. Never lock the door, hot weather means bedroom window is open although wooden shutters are closed, with thin gaps to outside. Pitch black surroundings. I had one of those nights where it's hard to sleep. Around 4 am, I hear screaming in the distance. There are around five typically sized fields between cabin and the village. I'll how this is far, I assume it's someone in the village messing around. Goes quiet. Starts again, this time it's clear that the person is screaming something. Although not a native to the area I know this isn't language, it's gibberish. He is screaming words that completely don't make sense, and that I've found it impossible to imitate since, and he's screaming them angrily. I'm on edge now but I tell myself it's a drunk person on their way home in the night. Half an hour later I've calmed down and it's been quiet for quite a while. Then I hear the voice again. This time, there is no screaming. I can hear them speaking the gibberish at a normal level. This means that they are within the property. I freeze, too frightened to go lock my front door. The front door area has a lot of windows and I'm afraid to see them, them to see me and instead stare at my bedroom door, with a plan to barricade should I hear someone entering the cabin. The muttering fades away just as the sun begins to rise. I lock my door now. Has anyone encountered granola-like people? I am a 20-year-old male and for years I've witnessed two granola-textured people. My first encounter was at the age of five when I lived in my home in Kansas. They were about three feet two inches tall, with yellow eyes and skin that was textured like granola. I would wake up in the middle of the night to see these two things staring back at me. I would often just close my eyes really hard or turn the other way. The countless times I'd tell my parents they'd brush it off as a kid just being a kid, understandable. Although one day when I woke up after them being there the previous night, there were two sets of tiny handprints on my bedside. They weren't human handprints but more of two sets of where someone put their fingerless hands. The handprints were made up of a disgusting smelling granola textured substance. My parents baffled by it brushed it off as me having a midnight snack. These encounters happened the entire three years I lived in Kansas. Now I've lived in several other states where I continued to encounter these things. Now I understand as a child we are impressionable to certain things, but I know I physically saw these things and continued to see them well into my teen years. I have encounters in the other states I've lived but this post would be an essay. Has anyone encountered anything similar? I have yet to find a similar case to this and would be interested to hear from the community. Around 15 years ago I was in the Swiss Alps snowboarding. At night I went outside to smoke a cigarette and heard a strange howling sound. I thought nothing at that time and went inside again to the cozy fire a beer and a book. An hour later I went outside again to smoke and there was still the strange howling. What animal does such strange noises, I thought. But not minding I went inside again, to fire, beer and book. Around midnight I went for my goodnight smoke. Scanning the mountainside while listening to the howling that was still going on, I saw a small black dot in the white landscape which I thought wasn't there before. And it was also in the general direction of the sound. By now I was bursting with curiosity, so I took my gear and went outside. After an hour navigating through the hilly mountainside, I was near the source of the howling and I could see the black dot in a snowfield some hundred meters down the hill. I must have bypassed it while orientating by sound. From how big it was in the distance I thought it could be a fox or maybe a small lynx? Careful I got nearer. When I was some 20 meters away, I shockingly discovered that it was a little boy crying or screaming or howling. He wasn't dressed for a winter night either. When I talked to him, he told me that he ran away from home because his mean sister destroyed his favorite toy. In the end I had to carry him home because he couldn't feel his feet anymore. They were making holy days in a secluded house in the mountains. Since there was light in the house and smoke out of the chimney, 
I let him walk the last 10 meters to his house alone and waited till he was inside. When I was younger my dad, his friend or his friend's family, my brother and I used to go on holidays to the outback. Now, we live in Australia, so the outback is quite vast, and secluded. One time, we were camping somewhere near the Simpson Desert, in the middle of absolutely nowhere, no towns for almost 1000 kilometers, and all we slept in were swags, like canvas tents in the shape of a sleeping bag, but you have a sleeping bag inside, and a thin mattress on the bottom. So basically, the only thing separating your face from the outside world is a little bit of fly netting. On this particular night, we heard a lot of strange, creepy sounds during the night, and while I was sleeping, fortunately, or I would have freaked out, Dad watched warily as a dingo stood right beside me, staring at my face, deciding whether or not to attack me. Dad said he was poised to defend me, if the dingo attacked, but fortunately, we left some food out, so instead of eating me, the dingoes ate the leftover food. It was pretty darn creepy, knowing that if they hadn't found food, they would have likely attacked us, and me in particular. First of all let me clarify that this is happening at my brother's house, not mine. The house has been around a little over a hundred years. My grandparents lived there for at least 50 years, my brother and his wife bought the house when they sold it. Every time I was over there as a kid I felt like I was being watched. The upstairs was the worst. Especially the room next to the stairs, you just feel like you're not alone. Here's what they've told me. Pretty much every single night they hear footsteps all throughout the house. If they ask whatever it is to stop, it stops immediately. One day my sister-in-law, his wife, was home alone and heard my brother's voice coming from the baby monitor on the first floor. The other two monitors were on the second floor in my niece and nephew's bedrooms. It sounded exactly like him but she called and made sure he was at work, not at the house. One night my nephew woke up around 3 am to see what he described as a dark shape of a little boy looking into his bedroom. He said the boy started running down the hall to the room by the stairs but when my nephew went in there he was gone. He drew a picture of this little boy but my nephew was 6 when it happened, he's 8 now, so it was just a stick figure. The land itself used to be part of a property of a very old house up the road, I'm pretty sure they owned slaves back in the day. My first thought was maybe it's the ghost of a slave who was buried on the property, but that doesn't explain the voices right? Can ghosts mimic the living or is this something else? What do you guys think? <laughs>